Welcome to the Station Tapes at 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks. Each week on this podcast, I interview world-class musicians in a casual setting. I want to get the backstory, the reasons why they make music, and the intent behind their latest project. From home base on the coast of Italy's beautiful Lake Garda, Lisa Marie Simmons collaboratively leads two different ensembles, Hippie Tendencies and Note Speak, with keyboardist, arranger, and songwriter Marco Cremascini. Each ensemble is deeply but differently informed by Simmons' own struggles and triumphs. Lisa Marie Simmons has a challenging past, surviving several troubled adoptions and foster homes, and she found solace and healing in music. Her new project with NoteSpeak explores the lane opened by The Last Poets, Gil Scott Heron, and Brian Jackson. The band carries the groove with a touch of jazz, and Simmons turns the craft to her own voice, that of an African-American woman, with a bit of charm and a solid dose of direct confrontation. All right, welcome to the Station Tapes at 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks. I'm here at the train station across the city, across the river from the great city of Philadelphia. The great pleasure of connecting today uh, all the way or halfway across the world, Lake Garda region in Italy with Lisa Marie Simmons. Lisa, welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so pleased and happy to be here. I want to go back. Um, there, 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 there's a lot here, so <laughs> let's start on this uh, continent uh, in Boulder, Colorado. Is that correct? That's right. Well, I yeah, I, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. I was born in Colorado Springs, but I, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. Do you want to talk about your background? I see it's in the bio, and you mentioned uh, foster homes and. Sure. I, I have no, I, I write about it all the time. I, I, um, I've got a blog that I, I post regularly, sort of about the adventure of, <laughs> of my family life. I have no uh, qualms, speaking of it. Um, so yeah, so I was, it's, it's a little bit of a long, complicated story, but I was born uh, in Colorado Springs, and then I was given up for adoption immediately. Um, I went into a foster home, or actually went, was adopted immediately, but I was abused heavily in that home and ended up um, being removed from it or rather being sent away from it when I was seven. And then I went into a foster home in Colorado and then I was adopted a second time. Um, so yeah, that's the brief version of, of, of that. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a really, really long story, of course. Of course, uh, and, and I don't mean to trivialize it, but but I guess what what I'd like to understand is I mean, the two, the two reasons for me to bring that up are first to understand uh, the nature of your positive energy uh -huh. uh, and, and also how you came to music. So, Okay, well, that's perfect because you're right. It, it's very much um, connected to, to, to the events of my, my childhood. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, being abused as a, as, a, as a child in both of my adoptive homes um, was something that really taught me um, something about empathy, first of all, uh, yeah. especially for my, my mother, uh, my second mother, <laughs> my second adoptive home. Mm -hmm. she, had been, she had been heavily abused as a child. And 
um, for all of the hard stuff that she put us through. And of course, again, you know, we're talking about the 70s and it was a, there was a different parenting style than there is now. So there's that to be taken into consideration. But it was beyond what um, one might be considered uh, normal for that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, but at the same time, she had a lot of great things that she gave to us. And one of the things is she connected with me because I had been abused, I think. And when she adopted me, I, I wasn't speaking. My hair was falling out. I was malnutritioned, you know, and and I think she she recognized herself in me. Um, and so she would wake me up in the middle of the night and have these long conversations with me and tell me about her childhood um, and tell me a, a lot of things that happened to her when she was young. And so I, I, I saw her, I saw that um, chain that she was in, you know, that she couldn't get out of. Even as a, as a young, a really young kid, I remember that. Um, so yeah, empathy. Um, and then the other thing is she was very much into literature and to music and she would read to us, um, my adoptive brother and sister, uh, every evening. Um, you know, Tolkien and, and Lou, Lou, just so many, so many books. And, and that fired my imagination and fired my love for words, which has lasted till this day. I'm so in love with language. Um, and then music as well. And then the other thing about music is it was a place for me to find solace, uh, find other people who were in pain and realized that I was not alone. Also, I grew, growing up in Boulder, Colorado, was, was as a black woman um, or a black girl, was, and when my mother was, my adoptive mother is white, um, was also a challenge. And, and I felt very much alone. And music um, helped me to feel much less alone and to discover the wider world, as did liter literature. Um, but music was certainly a solace. And then with the fighting in the house um, between my parents, it was like great to just put that radio right by my ear and and go into a different world. Escape, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but you believed that there was a world out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Music and literature both taught me that there is, you know, and I did have, as I said, I'd, I'd had three different homes by the time I was nine. So, and I traveled around and the first time they took me to Malaysia. And so I had, I had seen a little bit already that this little Boulder, Colorado was just one little place. You know? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what was the church setting? Were there, were there people at the church when you were singing in, in Boulder? Yeah, so we, I, well, no, not so much there, more in, in school, um, singing in the choirs in school, and then in the, the choir for the, for Boulder, Colorado, they have a children's choir, or had a children's choir that I was involved with, and that was um, really inspiring. But in church, yeah, I, I loved the, the sort of ceremony of it, and a great thing about Boulder, Colorado being such a crazy liberal uh, place um, around 13 years old, 14 years old, I said, you know, I don't really get this Presbyterian church thing. And my mother said, my adoptive mother, Elaine said, what you should do is go visit all the churches in town mm -hmm. and find one that you like. So I did do that. I went to every church I could find. And, and um, I, I wasn't, I, I guess when I was really young, I was into the idea of religion, but I, I sort of lost my faith. Um, in, mm -hmm. in a con conventional uh, sort of organized religion relatively early. Um, but I loved singing in the choir. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from there, 
uh, off to New York City, which is a fairly uh, fairly common. But you went to study theater and music. That's right. My my brother went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Did he really? Uh, yeah, back back in back in the day. But we grew up in a family where uh, where art was not permitted. So um, that was an act of rebellion on his part. And, and wow, he, good for him. Soon ended up back in back in business, but. Uh, I, I never made it back, but <laughs> I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I am in business now, but it's a little bit different. Um, who, who were your musical uh, inspirations? Okay, as, as, a, as a kid. Mm -hmm. Well, so as I was saying, there was a lot of music in, in the home. So my on my father's side, my father really loved jazz. His, his father, so my adoptive grandfather, was a jazz drummer. Uh -huh. um, so his name is Arthur Simmons and he, uh, so there, our house was full of jazz. And when I was really young, I loved Billie Holiday. She was my, that, you know, I think that, uh, again, talking about the empathy of hearing somebody else in pain, um, I really loved her. And then I moved on to, to, to loving Ella Fitzgerald even more. But then on my mother's side, she listened to a lot of folk. So James Taylor, Carol King, um, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, and which also, I think there are a lot of um, singers that were really concerned with the lyrics. And, and again, I'm, I'm so attracted to words. So yeah, the combination, a real, a real wide uh, range of uh, music has, has influenced me. Did you see, uh, did you look at, at, at Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and say, you know, that there's someone who looks like me and yeah, as a, as a model? Yeah. I did. Even more so, I think, reading books like um, uh, Alice Walker, Toni Morrison, things like that, um, mm. Baldwin, those things really made me feel connected to, um, to what the Black experience. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. uh, even more so than the music in some way. The music was more about um, the, uh, the feelings, you know, uh, mm. of, that could be uh, human in, in, in general. I didn't connect so much to the blackness of it uh, as to the emotion, the emotional expression of it. The experience, yeah. Mm -hmm. But with literature, definitely, I looked to that to, to try to find uh, some sort of sense of identity. So I want to point out that um, we're anticipating your album, uh, Note Speak, uh, on March 15th, 2020. And I want to ask you, how do you define what you do? do you <laughs> poetry? <laughs> it's so difficult. I, I don't know really how to define it because, I mean, it's not strictly spoken word and it's not rap. Um, yeah, so I guess poetry would be the closest that, way to describe the uh, uh, we're, we're, the entire project is so outside of the box you know it combines um, classic uh, jazz with um, spiritual jazz and avant-garde and um, electronic it's got you know acoustic instruments as well as electronic instruments it's such a mishmash of things and and we do really try to stay outside of any sort of uh, label or you know box but I, I, one of the things i noticed is that you you are uh directly addressing the audience yeah in so many uh of these songs poems <laughs> <laughs> whatever word we want to call pieces them. uh 
monologues. I don't know. <laughs> um, and 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 I and I notice with a certain certain confidence and almost uh, I don't know if I want to say smug, but, uh -huh. a, but a certain uh, sort of in your face. So, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said informed, an informed tone. An informed <laughs> tone, hope, there you go. I hope it's not smug, but yeah, it might come, I guess some, some parts of it might come off that way. You know well, what it is, it's, you haven't even gotten to your question yet, but you made me think of something, if I may. No, go, please, yeah, that's, you're um, right at it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a direct result of my, my previous band, um, was called Hippie Tendencies, um, which was again here in Italy. I sang um, in, in that project and didn't uh, declaim, uh, but actually sang the songs. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent a lot of time being in Italy. And since I wrote, write in English, I would explain in Italian to the audience what the song was about, but they could, you know, um, pretty much follow along. And as I was writing the songs for Hippie Tendencies, I really was conscious of the fact that you don't really wanna alienate the people who are, are listening to you. You wanna make a, a, a very personal experience, sort of as broad as it can be so that the listener can identify with it in some way. And you, and you don't know everyone's experience, obviously, but um, I think some of the most beautiful songs that I love have that quality that you can, um, you can find something of, of yourself or for yourself in them. But as I was doing that, there's so many things happening in the world that I really wanted to talk about and that I felt needed a, a different format to be able to express those views or those opinions. Um, and I thought that this was just a, a better way of being able to do that, of being more sort of straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and having more words <laughs> at my disposal to express the thoughts that I had. I came across an article um, when Trump was, um, for his inauguration, there, there was somebody talking about um, the people who eventually sang for him. And uh, someone had said in this article that, that uh, politics and music don't, should not be mixed. Right. And I, I just took offense at that. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And I think there are a lot of artists like Dylan and many others who sort of hide their politics in their music and maybe not necessarily completely direct about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, again, that's to try to appeal to a wide audience. And I just, when all this stuff was happening with Trump, I thought this is not the time to hide behind words of any kind. This is a, this is a moment to be direct. Um, mm -hmm. I think the world needs that. Well, I'd love to comment on that. Please uh, do. You know, there's a tradition of, of sort of speaking in code that it may not just be trying to reach a wider audience, but um, it, it's, a, it's a form of protection. Sure. Uh, against criticism. Sure. And I would argue that Dylan did that often in order to keep people off his back. Right. Um, I agree with that 100%. But I'm, I'm going more to sort of, it's not just the words themselves and the direct, you know, what comes to mind, there's a great video of uh, Nina Simone. I can't remember what, uh, what festival it is. Um, and she does the song, uh, I Know How It Feels to Be Free. Mm -hmm. And her body language by the time she reaches the end is almost, uh, it's so dramatic. Right. And powerful and empowered. 
that, you know, one can't hide from it. And I think that you may alienate some people, but you may also um, inform people and, and, and convince them based on your confidence and your, and, and your assertiveness. I, 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 I think that's very true. And I think, I mean, um, the, wor the, the words, the poetry is so carefully chosen. I, I really worked hard on it. And, and there are a lot of layers to it. And there are still some, some hidden things because I think, you know, I want people to, to want to listen to it again and again, not listen to it one time and think, I want every time that you hear it to hear something new, which is the, the things that I love. Um, I love the fact that you brought up Nina Simone because she's a perfect example of, of being courageous with her music. I mean, Mississippi, I don't know if I can swear on the, on the show, but you know the you, song. You, get, you can, although we, we typically send a memo that you're not allowed to use the T word, uh, All right. which, which you've already done. Oh, uh, I have? Yeah, Trump, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, but uh, so everything, anything goes now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so the Mississippi Goddamn, that song of hers, is what is more courageous than that song? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. And, and you're right. I think also you're, as far as being, how you communicate things on stage, um, and I'm very much, I think there's, you know, you can kind of divide um, musicians into two categories. There are those who really love the studio, and there are those who are sort of more a stage animal, and that's definitely me. I, I love the, the live experience. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, and your entire body and facial expressions and, and everything needs to be honest and, and open. And um, that's what creates that energy in, in between you and your audience. Um, you can use your body to communicate so much, so much more beyond even what is written or what you're playing. Aha. Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask you to kind of double back because we talked about your your, your past and 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 of course we've we've touched on you know lightly on the on the many issues of today. What tools do you use to remain positive on a daily basis? You know, based on your experience, your history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we all we all have. Some of us, like myself, have trouble just wrestling with the little things that have happened to me in the past. Right that come back up every day. What, 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 is, what methods do you use to keep yourself positive? That's a really interesting question. And I am really, really, really positive. Um, and I think when, as a child, again, it was, it was sort of escape that kept me, you know, the love of literature and the love of music that was so all encompassing um, really saved my life. Um, and then I had, you know, I've always been sort of a clown and making people laugh, making friends pretty easily um, mm -hmm. has been another thing that's kept me very, very positive. Um, from a, also from a young age, I decided that I, you know, my family is who I choose my family to be. So I, I try to surround myself with really positive people um, mm -hmm. or people who are curious and hungry and artistic and, um, you know, basically positive people um, as, a, as a kid. So then as I grew, um, meditation you know and i and i discovered that through theater i had a wonderful teacher i mention her in every single interview i ever do her name is uh, was is rita cotter and she was my drama teacher in high school uh, in boulder colorado and she taught me about meditation 
um, some of the exercises that she did for our, our acting lessons um, involved mm-hmm. those involved that so I discovered that at a really relatively young age and again Boulder Colorado you know <laughs> it's a pretty common thing um, yeah. so that is something that I've practiced forever and then writing writing I, I started writing poetry and songs when I was really young I guess I was I don't know 12 maybe 13 but I started putting down my feelings on on paper and also expressing them in, in the plays or in the choirs or that I was singing in or, or performing in was another outlet to turn that and to turn that negativity into positivity. And again, a lesson that I learned from Rita Cotter is that, you know, on stage, you can either let that ruin you and ruin your performance or you can turn it into energy for 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 the good so i think that um and the last thing i'll say on this i i know i'm a long talker i have a lot to say um we're here that's why we're here (laughs) the other thing is that i i have i think an innate resiliency for which i you know can only credit blood in my veins and here's something funny for you um so for the last two years or so i meditate pretty much every morning or do yoga you know Mm -hmm. and then i meditate and for the last couple of years um i at the end of my session of meditation i would have this sort of um feeling that i needed to be have show some sort of gratitude or or, or ask thanks mm-hmm. to my ancestors to whoever led me here to whoever gave me this resiliency this buoyancy um in my life and then as you also know i actually after having done that for two years i found my birth mother aha yeah so that it's a new world it is an, a whole new world right now interesting but I did, you know, I really, for, for all of my life, I thought I don't need to know anything about my blood relatives. It's not important. It's what I do in this life. It's the people that I surround myself with. And right. I've always believed that until a couple of years ago where I thought, but, you know, I have done a lot and been a lot of places. And I think if I were a different, if I had a different character, um, it would have been even harder. So, um, there's, yeah, there's something in it's passed down. Recently also, I, I was reading about somebody who was talking about the legacy of slavery mm-hmm. and how um, black women have always had to be so incredibly strong, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think there's certainly some truth to that too, that just sort of the resiliency of ages, the, the, the strength of a, passed down through ages and ages. And that's one of the, you know the, one of the things that 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 I am eternally fascinated with and have such respect for is the resilience of African Americans in general, um, considering the history. Um, but two things come to mind on that. I just want to comment on the one thing um, we mentioned Bob Dylan earlier, but recently he did an interview and he said, uh, you know, life isn't about uh, finding yourself or finding anything. Life is about creating yourself, and. You know, I was thinking about that the other day when I saw uh, Michael Muenzo perform in Philadelphia. And Muenzo and the Shakes are such a uh, dynamic group musically and visually mm-hmm. that the message uh, gets missed. But when I saw them, um, listening to his words, you know, it occurred to me that with everything that we're going through in the world today, there's only one battle, and that is your own attitude. 
Yeah. That that's that's the way to win, and that's why I asked you that question. So, hopefully, some people will hear this and uh, and take that advice. Yeah, uh, it is. It's, it's so important to to be comfortable in your skin, to be honest, you know, um, with yourself um, as well as with others. Those are the kinds of things that are going to lead you places to to be curious and to find what it is that entrances you, what it is that that you are here to do. Beautiful. If you can, if you can find that, then then everything else is is easy. Everything else is cake. So we've talked about. Uh, so we solved the meaning of life and the, <laughs> and, and, and the way forward. Let's uh, let's wrap up with uh, Note Speak comes out in uh, March 2020. Right. Uh, what, how would you define what this what this project is about? What is the overall message? Okay, um, the overall message, I guess, is uh, sort of looking in the eye man's inhumanity to man in several different um, ways. You know, several different um, things that are happening in the world today, and promoting the the fruitful evolution of mankind. Um, I believe that it's possible. You know, I am an optimist and an idealist and, and I, do, I don't think that we need to self-destruct. But mm -hmm. I do think that we need to wake up and, and find a way not to. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what we're trying to address um, here. It's, it's so easy to be complacent and live in our, as long as I have my phone and my internet and my, my house and my family's okay, then it's, e it's so easy to just not see what's happening outside of your own little sphere. And I, and I think there's a lot of things that are happening today that people are, are blind to willfully or sometimes not even willfully. It's, it's really the way that technology is set up. You can really you know, just find your own, be surrounded by your own people and, uh, and, and try to insulate yourself um, mm -hmm. from the more negative aspects of things that are happening in the world. But if we want to evolve and we want to change, I, I truly believe that, that the human race is one huge, beautiful family and that we are all here for each other and that we all need to be here for each other. We need to all show up for each other. And yeah. so I guess, yeah, that's what the album's trying to address. Beautiful. So I want to remind people that uh, to look for NoteSpeak uh, March 2020, uh, people can, you can go to lisamariesimmons.com and Marie is spelled M-A-R-I-E. Uh, there are some tour dates on here in uh, Prague and Italy and, and, and more. Yes. Yeah. There'll be Austria and Germany coming up this November. We'll be um, traveling around a little bit. So yeah. You can find everything on the on the website, and you can you can read the blog about um, all a lot of these things that we've been talking about. There are a lot of different posts about these uh, questions that we've been uh, wrestling with, and as well as the journey uh, with my um, childhood. And I and you know it, it it's not. I think some people find it odd that I that I write so much about um, what's happened in my in my past, but. I feel also the sort of, um, as you said, there are so many people who struggle with um, uh, any sort of uh, problems that they've had in their past. And it's, it's really useful to find somebody who's been through something similar. Um, mm. And right now with the laws that are changing in the United States and there are all these adoptees that are, have the possibility of you know, um, locating their 
their birth parents or the birth families, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening. It's intimidating. It's, um, so I think reading about somebody who's done that and been through that journey is, can be encouraging, and that's why I do it. Absolutely, and I'm looking through it now. It's a beautiful presentation, and it, it's, it's so wonderful that you share your path and your journey. Um, I also want to remind people that ropeadope.com will have news uh, as we approach release date. Lisa Marie Simmons, thanks for being who you are and doing what you do. And no, Lewis, thank you. Thank you for believing in this project. You just make me so happy. I could not be happier to be with Ropadope. I think you guys are just the, the bomb. You're fantastic. You're so humane. Um, and you, you are also a part of what I was talking about, about how we can evolve beautifully. Um, as a record company, you really represent that. It's, it's beautiful to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you all for tuning in to the station tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at 21 Soul. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, and wherever else pods are cast. Our video interview series is available on YouTube at Ropadope99, and you can find out more about the artists we speak with at Ropadope.com. Thanks to the 21 Soul team, Nick Perry and Steven Jashevsky on production, Larry Yetman on video, and the great Fabian Brown on the creativity and positive energy tip. Our theme song is from the Red Hook Soul by saxophonist Michael Blake. You can find out more about Michael Blake at michaelblake.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming service. Finally, thanks to all of you who keep the flame burning for independent quality music. To the musicians who pour their creativity into the world and to those of you who are taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy the show.